Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Alongside us, I've got Glenn, Six Figure Homes. Glenn, how's it going, mate? Good, how are you doing? Did you enjoy that podcast? I loved it. It was really good. Some really interesting stuff. Top-notch guy, deep backstory, and just a really talented man. Yeah, so this podcast that you're about to listen to, we've got Alan Crosgrove on, a Scottish fella who is a public speaker. He owns a gym, Results Fitness, in California. Author. He's written six books, I think. Yeah. No? Uh, books. He's a cancer survivor. He's had cancer twice. We touch on that. And then we'll really get into business, like yeah. how he could run his business without being there. Yeah. Talks about systems, how important it was putting systems in place, how we put systems in place. Yeah. What, what sort of his, uh, systems? Yeah. And it, it, just how to run any business, really, like just really eye opening business stuff, not necessarily fitness businesses. So I yeah. think people take a lot from it. He's a smart man. I loved what he was saying about referrals as well, how, yeah. he, how he gets referrals in, talking about word of mouth, yeah. how to spread the name of your business was huge. Uh, we also talk about what a shithole Scotland is as well, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's at the end. So, yeah, here it is, the Boxing Life podcast with Alan Crosgrove. So my first question for you is, if someone asks you who doesn't know who you are, what you do for a living, what would your answer be? Well, first of all, I'm in the witness protection program. That's why I'm over here in the US. <laughs> Glad we're not videoing this. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I, I like that. I use two answers. I feel like I'm a fitness problem solver. Like I get a lot of, um, although we run a gym and, and that's, that's what we do, um, I, I feel like I, what I thrive best at is when someone comes with, a, with something that's not normal, like I'm training for this thing that's, that's unique. It's not like, like training for a 5K, I'm like, it's, we know what to do, right? Like, yeah. So I've always liked challenges like that. So I like, like that type of role. And I think that's evolved into sort of a fitness business problem solver. So, I mean, on, on paper, I run a gym and I have a consulting company called Results Fitness University. But uh, I have books and things. My income comes from, from different ways. But I, I like to think that my... My books were a solution to a problem. The business model we have was a solution to a problem, right. and so that—that's what makes me tick. That's what makes me yeah. my, my heart so sing. You would know? you say you were author? How many books have you wrote? Uh, I've, I think six, and I've contributed to another three. Oh, nice! I, I used to have a couple. Of, I used to do a lot more work with the, the magazines, but um, quite, I think it's a little sort of a, the evolution of that field is that you've, you've, the internet's changed a lot of that, so it's not print. Print is not as much now. Yeah. So, you, so your, your books is on like the, obviously fitness and solving problems in the fitness. Yeah, it's like a, like I've always felt like it's a, if you we understand bodybuilding, right? We understand you understand strength training. If you understand you know a one rep max, you can periodize a strength program. It's it's not real challenging. If you understand VO two max, you can periodize an endurance program. But someone comes to you and says, right, I'm doing a Spartan race. Like that's like a a challenge. It's something yeah, right. a little bit exciting there, or or like, like when the like you understand boxing and it, and you can write, write a boxing program for a fight, and then someone comes and they're like, "I'm doing MMA," and well, it brings a new, yeah. a new something to yeah, it. You're like, yeah. "Well, how do I adjust that stance?" Well, like from you, like, "How do I adjust that stance when you can be kicked now yeah. and you can be taken down?" Like, it's not classical. That stuff excites me. When and unfortunately, I get bored quite quickly. <laughs> like when when something new is that. So, yeah. uh, and that just that sort of idea led to some things like the speaking, the, the perform better stuff, and yeah. then the 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 books and some magazine stuff, but I, I did say I'm a, I like solving problems. Yeah, that's where we know you from, the Perform Better. You know, it was like, there's a Scottish bloke over there, go on, uh, go on listen to his thing, he's really good, so we'd go, go and listen to you. And I'm right in seeing you 
the taekwondo champion? Or you? Yeah, yeah. That's where I started. That's where I started is in the you know in martial arts um, in taekwondo, and I did um, I'd have done UFC if that had been a I think if that had been a career option, I'd. Have, I don't know if it'd have been any good, but I definitely right. pursued that. Like when I went to college to to get better at taekwondo and compete, and really for selfish reasons. And then I just when I, when I was at college, my mum passed away from my heart attack, and then I got more interested in like helping general. But there's a problem. There's an obesity problem, and there's a general. We're great at sports training. We're not good at helping the general population. So there's more challenges there, and that 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 excited me more. And then when I finished college, there was no pro taekwondo. There was no money right. in it. And I'd done a couple of, you know, fights for money, but like $100 and things. Just, you're not, you're professional because you're getting a check, yeah. but you're definitely not making a living. Yeah. <laughs> and so it really just sort of, uh, you know, I moved here. And then the uh, when, when I was first here, just with a, a visa and then a green card, the, um, the international stuff stopped. Like I couldn't be on the US team because I wasn't an American citizen. And right. the, the international competition stopped. So it's kind of fizzled out. Uh, which is the the weirdest part. Like, I was listening to one of your podcasts. I never had a, a last one where I'm like, right, that's it. I just yeah. sort of fizzled away, and then yeah. you know, you're you're uh, you still see guys you know who are coaching now or are still fighting, and you're like, oh, you know, I could beat that guy, and then <laughs> forget he's no, never missed a, a training session since yeah. then. You've had, I've had cancer <laughs> twice, and he's never missed a class. Yeah. And, uh, so, and I'm like, I can still beat him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Th- in your gyms, you don't have anything to do with taekwondo, right? No, no, no it's just, so I don't think my members even know. Really? They have a picture of me on the wall. And like you said, you, you've had cancer as well. That's something I think you've said in one of your yeah, talks, yeah. right? Tell, yeah. tell us about that. Uh, it was a, it's actually just very, it's funny, it was a July 27th, 2004 was the day I found out. And it was sort of two days you said, you remember as a, as a cancer survivor, the day you find out and the day you find out you're all July clear. July 27th? Yeah. So did it? It took two days ago. Right, yeah. Right. Um, so it was, uh, I found a lot, I had like anxiety and like depression, more, more anxiety really, and just wasn't feeling good. And so I've been going to the doctor and just like, you know, just doing a bunch of tests and looking at your t- testosterone levels, your thyroid levels, different things, and everything's kind of, everything's all over the place, but nothing's really standing out. I went for a follow-up and I goes, and I've also got this lump in my thigh. I remember his face just like changing, you know. And then we went to get it uh, uh, taken out, and then you wake up after the, the surgery, and like, it's a it was a, a lymphoma, it's a tumor. The whole world just completely changed, right? So I started chemo, did that for a, a fairly aggressive chemo regimen for about six months, and um, I went into remission. And then at my year's checkup, we did a scan again. I was back to stage four, so there's no there's no stage five. It's Stage five, well, there is, is stage five is dead, a dead guy, right? <laughs> um, you don't have to look so scared. I made oh, that. Shit right? And then, uh, then I started, uh, I did uh, more, more chemo then, and then we did a stem cell transplant at UCLA. And that was, uh, I always say this joke, I went in 2006, 666 was the day I checked in. And the 13th wow. was the day I did the transplant. So if you're superstitious, <laughs> like, this is, this is uh, awful, but it was, uh, it's been, I like to see the, the positive side of it is is, is hard with, with something like like cancer. But I've been one of the fittest people I've ever met when I was competing, and I've been the weakest, most out of shape person I've ever met post cancer. Right. And that's a unique perspective that a lot of people right. won't get. Like I got pinned with a forty five pound bar, one of my first workouts back. Oh, uh, wow. Tried to do a bench press, like it's so weak, couldn't get it off my chest. So it's a like it's a it's been that journey has been powerful. 
you know that, that's something coming out of that how how do you think it's changed your outlook on life like me, like mentally like, do you find yourself like hardly fearful of anything you're like way more yeah, it, confident in it, it comes and goes because at some point you're still fed up you're stuck in traffic right you're still right. but there is a it's a lance armstrong line that, that after cancer there are only good days and great days yeah right and and it, there is a little part where you i don't some people don't make it and i don't know what i i did differently than them and i don't know why but i've been given extra days and uh and it would be rude to waste them that's right. how i feel right. right like you it's a it's the the day you get your transplant they call it your day zero it's your rebirth day and that's june the 13th and that's the day i celebrate as as my birthday so oh, i, I feel i feel like i'm a living right <laughs> like i'm like this is this is the it started and i mean i celebrate your birthday I like respect to, to my parents and stuff but it's just a insignificant day to, right. to me that's that's yeah. the day that it's your rebirth day and you that's start over so you you take it um and it also it, it sounds weird i learned some business stuff then because i was able to run our business and grow it without me being there right a lot of people can't take a a a weekend to come to a seminar with me because yeah, yeah. oh, I can't be away from my business for two days. Mm. I'm like, I was away from everything for months and it still grew. Mm. Like, that, that's, like, that, that helped me fast track a lot of business stuff to understand systems and things like that. Right. You know? it's quality, yeah. So was that the first time you had cancer? That was the second time. It was the first time it was about six months uh, and I did it all uh, as an outpatient. I was um, uh, went, went home after chemotherapy and just came back for the sessions and the they said, I remember the doctor saying, uh, well, he goes, we're going to do some high-dose chemo this, this next time. And uh, it was high-dose the last time. It was really high. It was horrible. He goes, well, the last time you came for um, like uh, four hours twice a week. And I was like, yeah. He goes, this is seven, 24 hours, seven days straight through. I was like, well, that, that will qualify as <laughs> high-dose. So I moved, I moved, basically moved into uh, UCLA uh, for, for a while. Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations on getting better. Cheers, man. Thank you. And why do you say you don't know how you got better? I, I, like, were you healthy? Were you drinking carrot juice? Or, or what were you doing? It, it's hard because everyone's like, how did you change your diet after it? What did you do? I'm like, I, didn't, I, I never, I wasn't like I was eating just charred chunks of black meat. And, right. You know, I, I have things, I think, um, uh, we live near power lines. There's no real family history of it. So although it's genetic, I, I, there had to be an environmental factor. So we, yeah. live, we live near some power lines that... I used to run in the mornings and my, the heart rate monitor would cut out sometimes under it. So there's yeah. obviously something. And then uh, I'll... I'll uh, That's interesting that you said that because it, it was in your thigh too, right? Yeah. So you, and you were putting the picture together. So the running with yeah. the power lines. And yeah, you yeah, you, in the you thigh, wonder, right? Kind of and then the, the other thing that is um, I drank a lot of Diet Coke, a lot of aspartame. And I yeah. think there's, there's enough... I'm not going to, there's enough evidence for me to question that a lot of it, it's definitely not good for you, Yeah. <laughs> right? How bad for you is it? I don't know. And I'll have this other thing, right, that on a scale of zero to 10, everybody's got a risk of getting cancer. Mm. And let's say that at 10 you get cancer and genetically you're a one and you start smoking and you're living in a nuclear power plant and now you're up at a 9.5. Yeah. You don't get cancer. Right. Maybe I'm genetically an eight. Yeah. yeah. And staying in the sun too long puts me at 10.1. Right, right. And I develop it. So so there's I think there's always a, a genetic factor and an environmental factor and it just could be could be a bunch of things. But um 
aside from, I have this, like you put your faith in experts all the time. So I put my faith in the, the medical doctors there, but you have a responsibility yourself to, I was doing acupuncture and things like that and uh, anything that I thought might help. But we fast forward, we moved away from the power lines right. and I don't touch aspartame either. Yeah. So, Well, now you live in California in yeah. San Clara. Santa Clara, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I want to pick your brain a little bit on what you just said there about how your business ran without you. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we we kind of at that stage now where I want to step back and go yeah. over a week holiday or two week holiday. But what, and you said the systems, which is massive. Can you talk a little bit about, about that, about running your business without you? Well, what part of it too is I was I was looking at the the business as a whole when I was in the hospital and realizing that, right, what, what if I don't make it? Right, what if this is it? Right. How do I get out of my head how I write a program, right? So I'm not, it's not just an art form where I just write something down that I think that this is how I think. So I started to really come up with these, all these different programming templates when I was sitting in the hospital. And then you kind of get to a level where you're like, right, I've got that part down. Like, and that's, that's be the easiest thing for you guys at first is how does a boxing session look like, right? right? That's the easy part. But then you've got to back it out to when somebody first calls on the phone, what do I say? Yeah. Right, and how do I make sure that you say the same thing? So we started getting scripts and, and things, right. and the phrase is um, "system stands for save yourself some time, energy, and money." Right, just follow the system. Right, say it again. Did you come up with that? I, I, I don't. I'm sure I didn't. I don't know who did, but I'm sure it, it wasn't me. That's but amazing. I said it. Say it again. Save yourself some time, energy, and money. That's literally what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the. the <laughs> The, the way I always explain it is like at seminars, I do this analogy of like making cookies. Right? I, don't, I don't know how to make cookies, but I'm sure if somebody gave me instructions that said, go to the store and get these things, come home and put the oven on it, yeah. 325. I don't even, I'm making these numbers up. Yeah. So don't be commenting <laughs> that, that yeah, I don't know how to make cookies. <laughs> but I can follow this recipe, right? And it might not be perfect, but it'll be all right, right? Because I'm following the steps, right? right? That's all a system is. It's just a recipe, right? Like it's, it's, so it's not anyone's fault that their business isn't where they want it to be or their program's not where they want it to be. They just don't have the right recipe yet. And that's one of my problem solvers that can give you the recipe. The problem comes is if you don't know how to make cookies and I give you my recipe and you're like, this is all right, but you know what? I like black pepper. Put a yeah. little of that in here. And I like bananas as well. So I put a little bit of that in there. And then the cookies come out and they're terrible. Yeah. And you're like, this recipe's crap. I'm like, no, you didn't follow it. Yeah. Right? So before you make your own recipe, I think there's a, a you know, the idea of you, you become like an assistant chef before you get to make your own things. But that's, that's the idea is if you, systems make average people great. Right? There's, right? there's a reason why McDonald's is the biggest franchise and it makes so much money is they, they, they've got it figured out. You don't, you don't need to figure it out. They've, they've done it. Yeah. This is what it looks like. This is what we charge. This is what you say. At the end of that, you say, do you want fries with that? 60% will say yes, and you'll make extra money. Just follow these steps. Yeah, would, yeah. You don't, and we have that now that uh, if we test something, we will test it and we'll track if it works. But if answering the phone this way works better, we'll all change. So you'll test things, and then you can start refining over time. But yeah. I'm sure it wasn't me that, that came up with that, that acronym. Yeah, I, I like it that. a lot. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, so you see, that, that's what you were doing. You you got everyone on the same page with you on, on all that stuff when you were in hospital and you start implementing all that stuff, right? Yeah, well, the, the idea is, is right, if you come and work for me, as talented as you could be, as talented as you're bringing in, the only reason I need you is because there's too much demand for me. 
right? I need more of this. Right. And here's how this looks, right? That's what the Big Mac looks like. I don't need the, it's cool that your mum has this good spaghetti bolognese recipe, right? But that's not what we do. Yeah. The reason you're here is to do more of this. And this is what this looks like. Yeah. And when people say, like, the reason you have a job is, is this. And it's not, I've got great guys now and it's the systems have evolved. They're not mine. They're ours. Yeah. And it, the mm. programming has evolved and things have, have stepped up. And uh, some of it's become come their own, to, to be fair. But it starts with, here, here's how we do things here. And it was really that understanding of, right, they're, they're not here. It, it's the McDonald's thing again. You don't go to McDonald's on a Tuesday because Mikey's working and he does the fries just right. Yeah, right? You yeah. go because it's consistent. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't know if you were... Um, we had a rule when we were competing in, in Taekwondo, nothing, nothing new. My, my wife always says, nothing new on race day. Right? Nothing new. So when we travel now, we go to no chain restaurants at all. We want to go to local places, nice places and stuff. But when I was competing, we only went to chain restaurants because you wanted something consistent, yeah. no surprises, right, yeah. that you're going to get sick the next day. Right. You know, so you end up like, this is, that's about systems because you know it's always solid. People want a, a, a customized experience, but they want it very um, the same. They don't want a surprise every yeah. time they come in the train. I don't, want, I don't want you to mix it up too much. No, I you know? love that. And... Well, the way we run our classes here, we've got like between five and seven trainers for one class. Nice. And everyone's got their their job roles. Everyone knows what they should be doing and with the systems in place. Uh, we train them up at that specific part of the class where there might be some, one person might be doing the warm-up. One person might be working with people on the heavy bags. One person might be setting up the conditioner, doing the stretches after. So we've got the systems in place to do that. And we get... If we get any feed, negative feedback from, from our guys, it might be we micromanage a little bit. What do you think about that? Um, I, there's, a, there's a balance, right, where you, you want to, you've got to let your, your guys grow, right? You, you, yeah. you don't want to be selfish, you've got to let them grow. But if they have an, I have an, if, if they have an idea to do something better, then let's make it better as a team yeah. and let's do this and let's roll it out. What I can't have you do is just freestyling, because I, I don't, I don't need like the the most successful movie franchises are things like James Bond, where they can replace the lead guy because right. it doesn't matter. You yeah. just step into the role, yeah. right? Like you, I don't, I don't. You just step into the role. I need you to execute my system, and that's where you'll make the money. And I'll, I will make you a star by being great at what you do. But as soon as you're trying to go off script and try to do this stuff, you're now a weakness to me because yeah, you're right. unpredictable. Even if it's good, like, yeah. even if it's good, I'm like, I know you, were, I know you meant well, but now we're, wh where did this come from? Right. Like, why are we doing, why are we doing the circuits for four minutes now yeah. instead of three? Why, what were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. I thought it'd be better. Okay, it is. Good job. Run it by me the next time. Yeah. Because you, you're written up now for, for going off script, yeah. even though it was right. Like, right. You bring that to me and we do it as a team. I just, I just don't want... Uh, this this is this business is too important to improvise. This is people's fitness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't get to improv it. At, Run the script. At the same time, it's a creative industry mm -hmm. where creativity and innovation is like, the, you know, the best trainers are really creative people who think outside the box. So we've put in a system in place in a creative industry. It's like you got to find that fine balance. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, I love the McDonald's analogy. But like with something like that, it can be, it's pure system. It's but they, basically robots, But right? they do add stuff. They do change, they do evolve. They've added coffee, they've added things, right? Right. So the creativity comes, it just can't be done on the, you can't just improv it and do it on the fly that, that today we're doing 
triple cheese on the burgers. Yeah, right. It we're has not. To be we're, thought this out. class is successful because this this is what we've come up with. Mm. Let's revisit every sixty days. Are we? Is this the best we can do? Right. And so the the creativity can't stop because there's things you add. Like I, I I've said uh, when the TRX first came with the suspension training, mm-hmm. I hoped it wouldn't be good because I didn't want to have to go back and rewrite everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I hope it's just shite. Right, I'm like, I, and it wasn't, and I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. I can't ignore it now. Now it's I, got to be part I, of what we're doing. I you know? had that same exact thought process when I, when I first started seeing TRX straps in my old gym, and I, and I see people like messing around. I was like, oh, I don't want to know about that. I was like, uh, I don't want to learn how to use yeah. that. You know, like, I've done it. it with, it'll be shit. It'll be goy. I've done it with and kettlebells then, and sandbags too. As I'm just, <laughs> yeah. uh, just <laughs> something new. Like, oh fuck, something else. Yeah, especially when you see it and you're like, but when you when you when you get over good. that and you dig into it and you learn it, you're like, oh. Yeah, I'm so you saw so glad that you. Well, that, that's the power of a uh, of systems, right? Like, you at some point in your in your boxing classes, you're going to do some type of core and abdominal work, right? Yeah. If you find a better way to do that, you're like, well, this is where it goes. It slots in here, mm. and maybe I take this out. Yeah. Right. But it's not like we didn't just suddenly add a TRX section to what we were doing. We're like, all right, this is this is a TRX pulling variation. Yeah. That goes in our in our uh, pulling category. This is a TRX single leg variation. That's where it goes. So you can refine your system. And it's it's funny as uh, it was a uh, 1973. It was Bruce Lee died, and he was talking about mixed martial arts then. That this absorb what is useful, reject what is useless. Idea that you you can go beyond the the, the confines of a single system. Like yeah. like you you don't you don't kick in boxing. Well, what if you get kicked? Well, we just don't. Yeah, right, yeah. that's the rules, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you don't punch in judo. Well, what if you get punched? Yeah. Well, now you're now that sport exists that you've got to understand. They don't even talk about um, like last night the UFC was on. They don't talk about this is kickboxing versus jiu-jitsu. Like this guy's got a good ground game. This guy's got good stand-up. Like yeah, it's yeah. completely, completely it's mixed, evolved <laughs> and become formless. Yeah. And a little bit in fitness, we're still not there. We're still like, like, oh, I'm a kettlebell guy. Yeah. How can you be a kettlebell guy? It's a thing. Yeah, right. You gotta have a principle of training, and that's a tool. Like, it, totally. Like, if you came in and all your kettlebells were gone, you just done. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're like, oh, we're heavy bad guys. Well, what if they were all gone one day? Yeah. You say, like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're just there's things. What would you say is? I'm loving this podcast, by the way. I'm loving this system. Yes, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, what would you say being a business owner, gym owner, is the hardest thing in your in your gym, or as an owner, what's the hardest thing for you? I think it's that balance that you're saying that, that um, I heard that joke that entrepreneurs are a French word for fuck it, I'll do it myself, right? <laughs> I, 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 there's, there's a little part of that, right? That's where, true, where, where I've got to empower my guys to do things and allow them to fail. Like, no, no, one, no one I can do it better and faster myself, but this is, this is not the way, yeah. right? Like, like, let me just step in and correct this girl's jab. Let me just, like, no, I've got to let John do this right, right? That, and that's and that's my um i don't know if it's a business owner thing or my own personal issues i, I like uh, I, I i like them to get better faster mm. i think there's this thing when a new trainer comes in too right there's this um i know they don't know what they're doing and they know they don't know what they're doing <laughs> but we go through this little zone of everybody's tra- they try to pretend that they know what they're doing right <laughs> and i'm like let's just get like i know like you're not, you got the job already. I saw potential in you, but of yep. course, like anybody who comes to my gym, we run it differently there from in, from different gyms. You're going to be lost on some things. Just get get the ego out the way and start yep. asking yeah. the questions, and we'll, we'll grow together. Yeah. Uh, so I think the the, the challenging part is um, figuring out how to teach my my team faster and more effectively. And that's where you grow it with the 
you know, your certification and stuff, it's all about, it's not the system, it's how do we communicate that even better? Like yeah, how do yeah. I teach it even better? Like right. how, how do can I, I understand how to cue exercises pretty well, I understand how to cue movement. How do I teach that to my guys? And how do you get somebody to think like you think? Hmm. Like if I, if I, if I try to punch you right now, you'll just move out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> and but if I ask you, can you explain what you did? And you're like, well, I just sort of get out of the way. Yeah. Like actually what you did is you went to um, punch receive position one and then you moved your head yeah. to, to punch defense position. And like, that's the idea is how do you get somebody to think like you? Right. Like, would you just throw the ball and you just catch it? Yeah. Right. How do you, that, so that's the, the level. And, but there's an acceptance that, that maybe they never will. So you, you bring them, you teach them what you can and, and then you, you help them grow. Yeah. So it's a, like I like to be positive. That's the hardest part is helping people, people grow. Right. So, and how do you do that? Have you got a system in place for that? Yeah. Everything is, we start with everybody comes through a channel. The one thing I've learned recently is I've always been available to my guys and I've only, I've only been reminded of this uh, very recently as I've never said, here's when I'm available if you want to make an appointment. Like right. I'm available these days every day. Cause I used to just say like, come get me anytime you want. Yeah. And they always say, well, you're too busy. So they don't come. Right. And well, then that's on me. So I'm like, all right, from one till three, Monday through Friday, here's my availability. If these times don't work, yeah. give me another time and I'll make it work. And since I've started doing that, things have been even better. Yeah. Right. That, so it, it's, I, I feel like I'm approachable yeah. and they just think you're busy. Yeah. And they're not they're not, not wanting to learn, they just think you've got no time for me. And right. then, so that was that was my fault. So some of it's having some type of structured education program, but it's really about making time, like yeah. putting it in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I've seen on your Facebook you're looking to uh, bring on apprentices. Yeah. Uh, well without the hiring process. Without uh, let me just explain legally that if we do an internship, there's no guarantee of employment, nor is it a prerequisite for employment at results fitness. However, three or four of my best staff have come through this internship program. Right. So part of it is, it sounds weird, is that I do, I want to raise the standards of this profession. I want it to be, like, if I tell you my, my friend's coming in and he's a, the number one personal trainer in, you know, Binghamton, New York, you're like, eh, whatever. If I tell you he's the number one plastic surgeon in London, you're like, oh, this guy's successful, right? Why, why don't why aren't personal trainers and gym owners thought of the same way? Because the standards are not great. So I really do want to to raise the standards, and we get a lot of people asking, to, like, "Can we come in and shadow you? Can we come in and pick your brain?" And it just it's too hard to yeah. do that just on a random basis. So totally. I'm like, this is here's when it starts, here's when it finishes, and here's what it looks like, and we'll teach you. And it's good for us. We can help. Worst case, we help the industry best case i've got a bunch of uh, interns that can help out with things when we're, when we're busy and and maybe again legal legal disclaimer maybe i find some superstars because yeah, i get yeah. to see them for long like like if you need instructors here the next time you do a certification i'm sure there's somebody that you're like that that guy if he Definitely. lived across the street would be my guy yeah. that's right? the, that's like one of the huge perks of the academy that we found is it's, it's a great re re recruiting tool it's almost like an a big audition. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what we found is I've hired people outside of that. I've got a, a couple of people that work for me and they come in outside of the internship and it takes about the same length of time to get them good. Yeah. Like, and like, I'm just, you're not ready yet. Yeah. I mean, if you did this course, you'd be good. So yeah, yeah we have two things. We have an, an internship, which is they come and just sort of apprentice us. And then we have one we call, a, I should get better names for them, a mentorship, which is more of a, for a gym owner who comes right. and learns our system. That's more like a, like the academy, like a certification couple of days yeah. where they come and, but and they meet. But they pay for that. 
they pay for that yeah, one. Yeah, the other one is uh, we, the other one is unpaid, but we give them a stipend, and right. you know you get a free T-shirt. And do you often books. do you often get guys who you've worked with for maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe eighteen or longer, and you put everything into them, and then they'll just leave. And it's like fuck. Well, what what if you put nothing into them and they never left? <laughs> well then, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the uh, yeah. But I don't know if everybody will stay forever. Like, yeah. what, what's the what's the life cycle of a of a trainer? Like, I've yeah. got guys with me. I had to fire a guy this year. He'd been with me eleven years. That was that was wow. rough. I didn't like that at all. That's that's a low point. I've got a guy, a couple of guys been with me ten, eleven years, and I got people with me you know, three or four that are good. Um, it, it's the th- things things change. Like somebody leaves, and you know. I've got a girl who moved up north. Or she she moved here from Japan for for her her boyfriend. Right? See, that's why she's here. Then he got a job up north. So she either had to decide to break up with him, which is her entire reason for being in the country, or go with him. So it was sad to lose her. Right. But you know, I wished her well, and and she went on. But yeah, yeah, it can be if you put that time into somebody, it can be heartbreaking when they move on. But my other option is to not put any time into them. And hope they move on, <laughs> right? right? Like they might stay forever and be shy. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that's that's been tough for us when we've put all the time and energy in them and creating them, and then and then they do leave. But make it like your goal has to be as similar to me as that. This is the last gym they'll ever join and the last gym right. they'll ever work at. And you know if you're doing that eighty percent of the time, then that's great. Yeah, you but, can't yeah. let that fear of them possibly leaving or creating competition well, you or left. whatever it is. Uh, you left. You That's left true. some, right? Yeah. We've all, yeah. all done it. Yeah. Um, so it's mine is I've got people that that I left and I was working for them and I, I've got you know nothing but good memories and, and respect for them. Yeah. What is your trainer's end goal? Some well, it's interesting because most gyms you you end up with a a good trainer gets promoted out of that position a lot and becomes a manager, right? right and isn't training people anymore. So our our guys are uh, they start as trainers and then as they move up they'll get paid more for the training session because they're getting more skills and then we separate programming and training as two separate roles like most gyms the trainer writes their own their own workouts yeah i've got genius guys for that part and i've got high energy guys for the training so they're not always the same people there's there's different types of personalities so there's money in program design and then they become a a manager of a team like i've got an am and pm team at the gym and then with the consulting company, they get speaking opportunities with us and they get additional income and they can mentor younger trainers. Nice. And it, it, eventually, if they want to open their own place, I'll support that. But that's not for everybody. Right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a different yeah. mentality. Yeah. And a lot of them start to specialize in things. I've got uh, one girl who's really taken obstacle course racing and Spartan races and really made it her own. And we've got a, a really strong community at the gym doing that, that are going to these, these obstacle course races. And she's just... She she runs it almost like a separate business within the gym, and she makes extra money from that. She does right. the programming. So, the, my goal is for them to have a full time job, being a coach, right? Not having to think about retiring and and having to do sales or retiring and being a manager. That you can coach until you retire completely, right. like a Freddie Roach or a, or a Floyd Mayweather senior. Like you you only have to. This is what you're good at, and you just focus on this and get amazing. And yeah. you can do this forever. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I like that. Um, where do you? Um, you've been in the fitness industry forever. Did I read 1989? You started to 1989. I went to uh, I, I, I was teaching 
from about 87 I was teaching taekwondo classes when I was three um, <laughs> <laughs> very young then now I started uh, teaching taekwondo classes 87 and I taught my first fitness class at 89 and then that's when I went to I went to college I, went actually, to community college. I actually was two in 1987 <laughs> <or> 485 <laughs> but go on <laughs> just to make you feel a little bit old mate fuck off <laughs> <laughs> I'm a living remember <laughs> that, that um, so yeah it was a first full time uh, first fitness job was 89 uh, first full time is when I finished college. I was ninety five, um, and I finished and moved to to New York. Right. Where do you? So obviously the industry's changed so much from then, right? Mm-hmm. So much. How do you see it moving forward? How do you see it changing? And where do you see the future going? I think it's a uh, the the exercise. We didn't. It's changed rapidly because exercise is science knowledge, right? Yeah, we. Yeah. Um, you remember hearing that like you shouldn't do weight training as an athlete because it slows you down. Yeah, yeah. Well, bodybuilding does yes. that style of training did if that's yeah. all we knew that and that it, would right? it's amazing how, how toxic that mentality is still right still I, as I mean, soon as you mention the word strength training the majority of people think bodybuilding yeah yeah well them. you see i've seen it with uh, like with, with a lot of athletes where we don't do we don't do any weights we just do like like chins like your body weights nothing is it like that doesn't count like yeah, your, yeah. your muscle doesn't recognize that as yeah. load it, the it comes back to the, in most sports, nearly all sports, men beat females, and the reason is strength. The reason for weight classes in combat sports is the assumption that it's dangerous to fight a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're stronger. Mm-hmm. So strength training is like your cheat code to, right. to be better. Yeah. But it, all we knew was bodybuilding then. And then all we knew really was powerlifting. Yeah. And then we started understanding Olympic lifting. But these were still not training for sports. So that exercise physiology has come and we've learned like different things. And you see now with kettlebell training and TRX and yeah. you know, three-dimensional training, we, we really understand the training on a, a far different level. I think it's going to evolve in the future is um, the experience uh, of being, everyone will have a coach in some form. Not, you won't be doing it on your own anymore. You'll have a coach either in a class or, or small group or one-on-one or some type of consultant giving you input into what you're doing and, and telling, right. you, telling you what to do. Yeah, I think that the experience is going to change over time. I think in terms of, of training where I think technology can't be ignored. I think you'll start being able to, uh, you, you, write a, you look at a heart rate in real time now and I can make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. I can look at rep speed in real time with certain things and make an adjustment. We're going to get real feedback during a workout that we can completely customize like like how many rounds should you do today we'll know exactly right yeah. so i think that stuff's right. going to evolve but i think from the business point of view it's going to be um the, the the difference makers i can open up across the street from here with newer equipment and cheaper prices but i can't replace what you guys have yeah, and yeah. i can't replace the culture and that that sense of belonging right yeah. you can open a new bar in any town but the old bar with the regulars and that culture Right. that'll stay that community. And same with a church yeah. right? it's something that, that that community and it's people are so disconnected now because they're plugged into social media and they're plugged into the, the, their phones that there's only three I think Jay talked about this on like, like there's homework in one more place yeah. and it, in yeah. the 80s it was Cheers right where everybody knows your name right yeah. the bar yeah. and then when Friends came out it was this, the coffee shop yeah. which is the Starbucks model right well now it's where's your third place if you looked at if you looked at my my, my job is at, at the gym and we have an office uh, across the gym. 
I'm ninety percent of the week is home there, right? If you looked at most people, there's where's their third place? If you can make that here, yeah, that's right. the future. Yeah, right? that's the future of Definitely. it. Is that this becomes their this is their their church, yeah. this is their bar, this is their third Building place. That community, and I would say that's kind of where a lot of gym gyms fail or, or fall off because of the community's not there. You know, the the trying to grab a fast book here, come and try this, sign up for this 12-month contract, get the money in there, it's like, yeah, fuck you. I think machine training contributed to that too because you put people in these little pods, right, mm. where you're completely no interaction at all other right, than with this totally. lever, right, you don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. yeah. And like now, like if I'm swinging a kettlebell here, I have to be aware of my surroundings, right, yeah, I have yeah. to have some situational awareness and you talk to people and it, it's just that, like, do you, do you partner up? Like when I'm hitting the bag, does... Do I have a partner holding the bag? Yeah. That brings something to it, right? It's not just me yeah. on my own, right? And then it starts to not be about uh, you being the coach. It starts being about me and Glenn training together and you're, you're there, right? You're, you're uh, like, you're part of it, but you're yeah. not, it's not just yeah. about you. Like if you leave, we're not leaving. Right. If you yeah. take the day off, we're still coming because it's about us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? And it's about being here and, and seeing each, it's like like team sports. Like John Turin, who was with the, Indianapolis Colts for a, as a, a strength coach for years he said that when the, the athletes retire he goes they tell him he goes I don't miss the game at all man but I miss I miss the locker room I miss yeah. the boys I miss the banter yeah yeah right and like well let's not ignore that like let's, let's create great fitness programs and deliver what people are asking for but make it an environment that, that they just want to hang out yeah. they, totally. don't, they don't want to go home it's would invaluable you say, would you say that's the the big reason why most gyms feel because we see it all the time Especially in West LA, there's gyms open up all the time and gyms closing down all the time. I think the, the, where they're falling down is because they're seeing it purely as a product and they're ignoring yeah. what we're talking about. So the product is you come in, you get your hour class, you're gone. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We yeah. serve you what you want to come for and then you're done, right? Well, we went from like a, a, like a transactional economy where, where people were just, it was the price was the most important thing. And then it started being like a value economy. Where is this worth it? I'll pay more if it's worth it. Right? I'll right. fly first class because I think it's better. Right? Yeah. It's, it's the price. I'm not price sensitive. I'm value sensitive. Yeah. And then we moved into this really this sort of experience economy where it has to be cool. Right. And now we're in this culture economy, I think, where you, you want to belong to it. We have a, a lady at, at the gym and she was telling us after a, a, we took her to this little Spartan race with, with this team. And she said, you know, I've hired good trainers before. I've, I've, every year... I'll, for New Year, I'll train with a, a good trainer for like 12, 12 weeks, you know, I'll get in great shape. I'll try to maintain it myself, know that I can't, and I'll start again the next year. She goes, I'm never leaving here. This is the first time I feel like I belong to something. Right. Like it's not just yeah. the training, it's totally. the, the, the belonging. Yep, yep. And there, there's a point too where uh, at some point that member's lost all the fact that they're going to lose without doing something that makes their life not fun. Right. Yeah. We can diet harder, we can train harder, but they're not prepared to do that. Yeah. So now they're paying my fees to maintain. If yeah. that's all they're getting is to maintain that fitness, they'll be gone yeah, yeah. soon, right? If yeah. I'm like, this is, this is as fit as I'm going to get training here and I'm not really interested in pushing it harder or coming an extra day. If I don't enjoy being here, right, then you're going to lose me too. Right, because yeah. at some point I'm like, I'll just you know I'll jog myself, I'll you know I'll do a circuit myself. And I, th I think it's that culture, it's belonging. Yeah, that I think that's a huge part of being successful with private training as a coach too. Isn't like we we coach this in our academies, and I try and get this across whenever I talk about it. Is you, you're not really I, I I think if you have the 
primary notion is to build relationships, mm-hmm. and then what you do is coach people and, and train people. Yeah. But if you if you're focused on building relationships first, you'll you'll go so far with it. Yeah, you you it's, it's almost like my job's to build relationships. You, you're a hairdresser or a bartender mm-hmm. or a, or somebody running a restaurant where I want repeat customers because they like coming. Yeah. And the product, it sounds weird, the product is secondary to that. Exactly. Like, I want you to come here and enjoy being here. And, oh, this happens to be a boxing gym. Big time. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly. what we do. It's, if you ever hear that, um, uh, the, the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek, he yes. talks about that, that people, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Yeah. Right? That, that if you describe yourself as we, we have a room full of things that you can hit, like, oh, that sounds tremendous. <laughs> what does that be like? You know, we... You know, we empower you. We bring you a place, bring you a community where you can empower you, and we do. We can change your life through through good, smart. I can make everything in your life better through good, smart fitness training, good nutrition, and this exciting social support yeah. that we call Boxing Burn, and we deliver that through our programs. Would you like to be a part of that? That's a whole lot more more powerful than saying, "Well, we have classes twice a day." Yeah, right. Big but it's, it's about. It's you're right. You just you're. You're, you're in the relationship building business mm-hmm. and what you ha- happen to deliver after that is a solid you know, boxing and fitness program. Right, yeah. yeah, definitely. And with that as well, when you're building that community, that's kind of half, if not more, of the marketing for the facility, mm-hmm. I would say. Because yeah, definitely. every person has got at least three friends who oh, have been doing this boxing program or, or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, and you tell their friends, what would you say the best, apart from, I, I definitely think word of mouth, for us anyway, is the best... Uh, the best thing to get people in. What's your favorite thing about marketing? No, nothing beats word of mouth. The hardest part is how do you double word of mouth when you need to drive it, right? How do you how do you create it to more buzz? Mm. Because right. it, it's just there. The part that that we miss is we we tend to wait to ask for a referral, right? So if you saw the, the new Spider Man film or you saw the the boxing last night, you'll talk about it today, yeah, because it's right. exciting and new today, yeah. If you watched tv every night and you watch the same shows eventually you don't even mention it the next day when you come to work right because it's just what you do so you've got members that have been with you for six months a year two years four years they don't even talk about this place anymore because it's right. just part of their life yeah but that person who just came in and did their first class they're telling everybody yeah ask for the referral right away give them when they we have it if you call to make an appointment to join results fitness we ask, is there somebody you'd like to bring with you to your first appointment? And the, 60% of the time, two people show up. Wow. And if I'm listening in that first appointment, I'm talking to them and showing them around, I'll get a name. I'll hear you mention your wife. Yeah. And I'll be like, right, once you join, I'm like, here, here's a gift for your wife. Here's a 30-day pass for her. Right. Like she can come in and try it out so she can see what you're yeah, doing. And it'll great. be cool for you guys to work out together. To just tell her, give me a call and we'll set up her first session. When she calls, I'm like, hey, is there anybody you'd like to bring with you? Because maybe she brings a friend. Rinse and repeat. So we start right there. So my my number one thing is a a word of mouth still. My second thing is I like getting in front of people. I like either doing seminars in gym, something to invite them to, or getting out to talk to people. Like if I can talk to them, I don't even need to sell. I just need to go out and talk. And they'll, they'll, uh, I'll, I'll get it to, to work then. And then you can now with with social media you can you, you can leverage a lot of that you can do video you can I can stop and take a picture of you know Joanne just finished hitting the heavy bag and go Joanne how long have you been here tell me how you were before you came here tell me where you are now boom right if I ask her for a testimonial it'll be cool and it'll be kind of dry but mm. if I just get that emotion in the minute after she just right. you know hammered the, the bag right, yeah. like you, you'll get that 
and then we, we can we can do that. Yeah. So we're doing a thing now at the gym, the 100 workout challenge. It's from July 1 to December 1. You can do any number you want, but it ends up being about four sessions a week, which is challenging. And I don't care what they do. I don't care what the outcome is. You have to come 100 times before the end of the year, and I'll give you 100 bucks to spend at the gym. And the only other rule is you got to check in on Facebook. Nice. So I if I got a hundred people yeah, to check in a hundred times, right? Listen to this podcast. Back. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So that's that's the the part is that, uh, that it's hard to ignore social media. Uh, that's powerful now too. But n- nothing beats you being like a referral or you being in front of somebody. Everything is designed. Social media is designed to leverage that yeah. for mm. you. You're not trying to do a new ad. You're not trying to do something different. If you do a print ad, does it? There's a tendency for us to to outsource some of that stuff, but then your voice is lost. Yeah, right. They never right. they never explain it the way you explain it. Right. There is a part where you have to do some of it y- yourself. You know. Yeah. So totally. on that on that uh, thing, so I think that's something we put, we could implement. How do you check out the check on Facebook, or do you just not um, just trust them? I hope none of my members listen to this. I trust them. Um, I'm not going to check them all. Yeah. But that is the requirement. And if I had members that I thought wouldn't do that, I've got crappy members anyway, right? Yeah, so I've right. got members that are kind of... I've had some who are like, I don't have Facebook. I'm like, okay, it's free. Let me set you up one just for this. Nice. <laughs> and uh, that's, that, that, I'm giving you a hundred bucks. Yeah. All I'm asking is that you, when you come to the gym, you're like, that's workout two. That's right. workout three. Yeah. And at the end of this, I'll, we'll give them a punch card that I punch every time they come in. And at the end, they do that but. The, from the business side of it, right, I just took you off the market for six months. Yeah. You're not going, most gyms don't want you to come in. Yeah. Not, not here, like most big box gyms, they hope you pay your money and not, not come in. Yeah. I want you to come in. Yeah. I'm going to pay you to come in. Yeah, yeah. But I'll give you the business model. You're off the market for six months. You will be in better shape because you've trained f- four times a week, which is, it, it's for us who train more than, spend more time in gyms than, than out of them, that's not a big challenge. But for your clients, it can be. So yeah. this is a little reach. So, and also you'll probably buy more bottles of water. Yeah. If you're in, you know, an extra 60 visits over right. the next six months, you'll buy more shakes or more supplements. So there is a, there is a business model to it. But it, a lot of um, marketing is about getting new people. The, the first thing to do is you got to plug all the holes in your bucket. Yeah. Get your fence around your members so that you're, you're retaining so many. The marketing is just like this little side thing where they're almost trickling in. Because right. you don't you don't need fifty a week, because you're not losing them that rapidly, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's ours. Yeah. Is uh, you, no one renews a hundred percent. Like I like you left your coach because you moved countries. Yeah. Right. I I left my Taekwondo instructor because I moved countries. People will move. Things will happen. But if you're if you're retaining a good percentage of your people year after year after year, it, it's funny. Is that marketing? I see so many marketing podcasts and books and conferences, and like. Who are these people who just constantly got space for more customers and right. never retained anybody? Right. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of those as well. Those that marketing world is really just a lot of people that are soaking that stuff up at the beginning or at the ground zero and trying to build, and yeah. they're more focused on that stuff than they are getting their product like great. Yeah, to start with, but marketing they could start using that. Stuff. Well, marketing's a message about your thing, right? You're just telling the story of your thing. Yeah. And, and it's what's the phrase you can only sell shit once yeah. right like the product's got to be great totally right? so if if you're not getting referrals like the, we always start like, are you delivering great results to your clients and whatever pro, whatever you do are you delivering great results if not that's the step one go back to that 
and make right. your product better. Yeah. Number two is um, who are your clients, right? What are their stories and what are you known for? So if I asked people, my, my sales guy Elias does a good job of this at seminars. He says, right, who watches The Simpsons? And everybody says, no, I don't watch it. And he goes, who's this Homer Simpson? What's his wife's name? What's his kid's name? Yeah. Where does he go for a beer? What does he get? What's his favorite snack? Where does he work? Yeah. And we end up going 20 characteristics deep on a fictional character on a show that, that nobody's never watched. watched. That's crazy. And I was like, all right, who was your last appointment? And like, it was Karen. I'm like, let's go. Karen's husband's name. We end up like getting to three. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, you don't even, these are real people yeah. who pay you money and you don't even know who they are. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Right? And the other thing is, how do they describe you when you're not around? You, you as your business. Because you've got a slogan and you've got a name and you've got what you think you're known for. What do they say? Right. Because it's good because you're in business, but they're, they're using a language that may not be the language you use, but that's the buzz. And most, most fitness professionals and most businesses I consult with, they can't answer these three questions, right? When we get right down to it. And like, you're asking for a marketing plan for this message that you don't even know what people are saying about you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it starts back to that. So it often starts with guys that they need more clients because they've got none. Yeah. So they think marketing is the key. Yeah. And then it's really because the product's not great, right? Yeah, definitely. And then they start finding that they're not actually good at sales because I've just never had enough people come in to find out you're not good at sales. Yeah. Like I sign up everybody I meet. I'm like, how many clients do you have? Eight. I'm like, well, you, you might be saying up 50%. That might be a horrible sales ratio because you've never actually got any buzz. You never saw 20 people, you know, coming right. in and talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Why have you only got one gym? Uh, part of it's lifestyle design. Um, I don't think the world needs more gyms. It needs better people in them. So I'd rather help more, more trainers and coaches. So we, with Results Fitness University, our consulting program, it's kind of like a licensee, for want of a better word. They, they get our program design systems, they uh, get our marketing, they can use everything, and they keep their own name on the outside. So it's, I don't, I don't want to get into and franchise. And put your program in that? Sure, yeah. They can use as, as much or, or as little as they use our sales systems, our phone scripts, and they can, nice. they can really run it without their name being in front. Just, so part of it was just I never... Uh, I never did, wanted to open another one. Yeah. It was never something that, that um, I think part of that was, you know, post cancer. Just um, how much money is enough, right? Like, yeah. like if you if you want to double your income, you double your work hours. That's cool, but maybe that's not really what you right. had in mind, yeah. right? Less time with the kids, less time yeah. with the family. Yeah. yeah. So it, there's a zone of like, you know, how much is enough? And is it an affiliate program that you've got? Is that what you call it? it? We just we call it a, a coaching program. So it's it's like a, a licensing thing. Is that you you use anything that I have, and you you don't you don't have to be called. I think there's a whole bunch of legal stuff with franchising. I'm just yeah. I don't. It can be very lucrative, but you're you're in a different ball game now, man. Like right, if, yeah. if you're doing that stuff. Are you in many gyms? How many gyms? Has got we got a a hundred members, so so a hundred facilities. So it's about eighty six members. We're a hundred. Uh, facilities wow. using their stuff some are small some are just yeah. one or two person operations some some are bigger that's awesome that's but it's awesome. like a it's almost like like i said is uh we were talking before we started this there's a little part where you have to like there's a book called the surrender experiment we used to have to let life call the shots that wasn't growing up in, in uh, livingston scotland saying alan one day you'll be running a business consulting company <laughs> in california like so it was never like a, a goal just people kept asking business questions and I heard somebody say once that that thing that comes easy to you is the most valuable thing you have. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you sometimes think if I have to work hard at it, that's what I should charge most for. 
But the, these couple of things, like pro, program design, I, there's only a couple of things I do well, and like business consulting is kind of one of them. Yeah. And it, it does come easy. Yeah. And that that's what people start people start asking me stuff. So. Yeah, I love that. Are you? What's your education? I've got a. Uh, well, my, my formal education is in sports science. My college, my college background is, uh, is sports science. I didn't do any business class. I, w- I wish I'd done like an MBA in business or something. Yeah. But it was funny as I was looking at doing like a, that over here later doing business courses. But I don't know if you know here the college. When I went to college for sports science, I went in Chester, and we did sports science. Right, that was all the classes. Here you don't get a degree in sports science. You get a major in sports science. So you've got all these these general education requirements. This is for British people who right. you'll get this. So I've got I've got a graduate degree in sports science, and I couldn't do an MBA because I don't have the basic prerequisites in like art history and geography and things like right. that. Right. Because you you need to have a transcript of all these these basic classes. But this so over here, like a bachelor's degree is like mainly general education, and then you specialize in a in a couple of topics. So. I really had this idea of doing an MBA and getting getting a, like a seeing it. You don't know what you don't know, right? Maybe there's a whole bunch <laughs> of stuff in business school that you could learn and, and do things. And then, uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going back and doing geography just so I can take right. a, a business class later. But most of the um, the one one thing I'd say is a, maybe a genetic gift is a I read really fast. Like I can get through material really quickly and I can retain it. Yeah, right. like I can I can remember uh, things quite well. So. I can probably consume a degree's worth of education in about three months just by being wow. diligent on the. And it's good now with like, you, you can on the on the drive here. I listen to a podcast. You know, you can listen to a book on tape. Like there's, you can take it and you don't have to just sit and read. So right. many ways to take yeah, it in education. Yeah, definitely. Right. If you can recommend two books for fitness professionals out there, fitness business professionals out there, what would they be? Um, Oh, the first one is on my, my private Facebook group. I give away one, 55 Fitness Tips for Success, which should be called 55 Things I Did Wrong and cost me thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars, but that's negative titles don't sell. Uh, Where can you find that one? It's, it's uh, the Alan, Alan, Alan spelled a weird way, A-L-W-I-N. If you go to Alan Cosgrove Facebook group on Facebook, it'll come up and it's, it's a free uh, da- download there. Um, it's, a physic- it's a physical book, but you're getting the, the e-book. Um, so that's a freebie. I'll give you two more. The other one is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. It's an old one, but it was the first book to make me really understand the difference between them um, r- being good at the thing and running a business that does the thing, right? That, that it, regardless of your, your, uh, your abilities as an as a Olympic boxer or as a pro boxer, that doesn't mean you could make this place a success. That's yeah. not the skill. That's the thing. Being good at the business side of it is different, right? Yeah. That was the first book to really make me understand these just because you're a good trainer, you don't have any business running a gym. Yeah, right. Um, and the other one I would add is the one I mentioned earlier, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah, I yeah. really, that one was, that was one was given to me as a gift uh, a few years ago. I, I wish I'd read it 10 years before it came out. I've, I've, seen, really video, I've seen the video on that. Yeah. Is, it, is it worth reading the book as well as watching the I'd video? Say, you watch the videos. I mean, how are you learn? Like right, uh, if, yeah. you learn, if you learn better by reading, get the book. If you learn better, video. I love that quote you mentioned before from him about people pay for why you do it, not not what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. You start seeing culture, right? Like, uh, like Apple. You see people with Apple tattoos and Harley Davidson tattoos, right? That they're they're so invested in this thing, right? Yeah. That, that, that it's part of them, like. Right? And I think a lot of that's culture. That like, like people don't go out 
to get coffee there i'm going to starbucks right i'm gonna go like and, get, yeah. get a starbucks like disney has a as a culture like there, there's things there where where it's Nike outperforms Adidas and Under Armour and, and Reebok because it's something tangible. There's some sort of thing there, right? right. That that uh, it's like a culture of you're a Nike guy, yeah, right? Like you're an you're an Apple guy, like you're like that's that's the thing. And it's it's people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. What, right. What's your mission? Like, like what are we like? Making money is not what you do. It, it's this thing that that comes. Like money's just this transaction system we yeah. have. It takes like if I. If I want a bagel and I know training, I can exchange training for a bagel. But if I don't need a bagel, well, that guy can't get training. Right. Well, well, that's where money came in. It's money's just a made-up thing that we have. Like we give it too much power. Once you take strip away that and just understand it as an energy, yeah. then it's uh, it's easy to make a lot of it. I love that, and I, and I think this is episode 50, uh, 65 or sixty-six. And I want to put it out there and see it. this has been my favorite podcast that I've done. Yeah, We've I'm going. Get... I'm going to go back and listen to them all. And I bet you say that every. Time. At least this is the last <laughs> one you've done. <laughs> yeah. If you say that in the mall, that's good. <laughs> I, I used to say it in the one, beginning when we had like five episodes. I'd be like, not, I think that was my favourite one so far. Yeah. And it was like we were like four episodes. I feel bad for that first guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said it. I've never said it. Or during a podcast before, we sometimes see after that was a great podcast. Mm-hmm. But for me, this has been my best one and. Uh, I've just loved having you on and I'd love to get you on again because I can relate so much. I don't know if it's you've travelled from the same places where I'm from. You know, I get asked all the time, are you Scottish? I'm like, no, I'm from the North. No, for those of you listening, Sunderland is pretty on, much Scotland. On the, uh, on the southern hemisphere of, of Scotland, there's this dark swamp land. <laughs> it's very, very smelly. <laughs> that a, lot, a lot of people call England. <laughs> yeah, I get what is it? Sunderland are uh, Scottish people with their brains kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scott, if, you, if you've never been to Scotland, don't go because it's a fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was fighting in, in Glasgow one time in the Commonwealth uh, Federation Championships and I was lying in bed trying to get to sleep. I was fighting the night before and we were stopping in this college campus and I was on the ground floor and I had my window open with the fresh air coming in and I heard, I heard a, like, a rattling noise and I was thinking, what's that? I was like, thinking, like, I was half asleep. I was thinking, I'm a dreaming. Is someone at my window? And I opened, and I went and opened the curtains, and there's a fucking, and there's a smackhead there, like just monged out his face trying to get in the window. Me, I nearly shit myself. Ah, what are you fucking doing? I'll fucking kill. Just went mad, just, you know, nervous and all that. And then I went and told the rest of the England boxing team. I mean, what a what a window to try and run. Oh, <laughs> I mean, and all the all the, all the boys come running in and all that, but he, he'd run away. So that is Scotland for you. That's why you should not. That's go. What, that happens all <laughs> every day, every day. But mate, if people want to find you and find out more about you and more about your academy and how can you help them more. Work on the phone. The, the easiest place is uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I'm, I'm late to the game on Instagram. I've really just started there. I'm trying to post a, a little bit more there, but it's all Al, Alan Cosgrove, A L W Y N C O S G R O V E, all one word, all, so all three platforms. Great. Got it. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for being here. Thanks for coming on, mate. And yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, like I did, obviously you all know that. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review as well. Leave us a five-star review and tell us how good it was. Uh, until next time, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, Appreciate man. Thanks, thanks for having me. Nice one. See you later.